Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Kevin Daggett and Lee Vowell. And thanks for listening to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. I'm Lee. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. It's kind of a weird, weird time because it's like we're still kind of in between. We want to have some, we're like third or fourth wave of free agency and two weeks before the draft and kind of waiting on some big news like Alden Smith visiting the the Seahawks today. And I've heard like, I mean, personally, I'd like to sign him right away, but Brady Henderson was on 710 ESPN Seattle today saying, yeah, they might sign him, but they'll probably wait until after the draft on May 3rd. That way they don't have to lose a compensatory, compensatory pick to if they do sign him, which which makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, then you kind of run the risk, unless you've got some like under the table agreement with Alden Smith, um, you kind of have, take a chance that, you know, he'll sign with some, somebody else. So, um, what do you think? Alden Smith, he's a, he's a good fit for the Seahawks, right? He, the, Seattle should sign him. I love that guy. I, I loved when he was, he was, I don't like the 49ers, but I've always liked him when he was with the 49ers. I mean, he's, he's a huge, aggressive, talented guy. You know, he's had some issues, but man, it, seems like he's overcome those. He played well with Dallas last year. I, you know, I thought Dallas was going to – I thought they said they were going to tie him up for a while. And, I mean, I I think he's a great fit, yeah. Yeah, I think Dallas got, like, hamstrung by where they were with the salary cap, um, which made it even worse because of COVID-19, the salary cap being smaller than what people expected. But I think they would have had issues trying to re-sign him even then. He only signed for, like, one point five four million dollars last year he'll probably want i don't know three million dollars i'm assuming every everybody's cap is diminished jadavian Clowney. we'll get into that in just a second but he got re-signed or he got signed by the browns on wednesday for 10 million up to 10 million dollars with incentives but yeah i'm, I'm with you uh, alden smith off the field issues you know he was out of football for four straight years so even when you get him, and he's going to be what, like 32 years old, heading into 2021 20, season, but didn't play for four years, so it's almost like his body is like 27 and 28. So he's gained a lot of weight, but he's that's kind of good for the Seahawks because they can actually put him on the edge and and not just have him as an edge rusher. But you know, you need pass rushers, and you need a bunch of them. You need a bunch of depth. And at where we were, what three weeks ago before they re-signed Carlos Dunlap, and we were like, I don't know what they're going to do with pass rushers, but adding Alden Smith, if they can, and I haven't seen anything come across because as we joke, the, it'll happen after that we record this podcast. Right. And then they'll make some, right. but, um, cause that's what they do. They don't know that, but that's what they do. Um, so yeah, I mean, Alden Smith coming is just another talented player. The pass rush is going to be a beast. Maybe that's one reason, get your take on this. Maybe that's one reason they really haven't over signed for a cornerback so far in free agency. Yeah, I still think they need a cornerback, and I'd I'd like to see Sherman. You know, I'd like to see him on a two-year deal so he could finish it out here. But <clears throat> I still think they need cornerbacks. I mean, it, you know, with the the um, somebody's going to get hurt. Although I hope not. But you know, last year we had some injuries back there, and and uh, I think you do need another cornerback. But you know, because then you got Jamal Adams who rushes half the time anyway. So. I mean, there's your there's another pass rusher right there, but I don't know. I think you need both. I think you need another cornerback, and if you can get Smith, 
I'd love to see him. Yeah, my, uh, I, I don't feel safe going into the season with uh, Trey Flowers and Witherspoon. And uh, I, I like DJ Reed, but he just hasn't proven enough to be like a long-term answer at outside corner. And maybe they're looking at somebody in the draft, but I don't know. It's like you this team, this team has a lot of talent, but the NFC West is full of talent and the NFC is full of talent. So one or two major uh, you know, issues with a position group on her team can keep the Seahawks from being a playoff team or especially a deep uh, a team that runs deep in the playoffs. I get that. They, it seems like they're trying to load up. It's almost the opposite of what they've done in, in past seasons, right? Where it's like, okay, we'll have a kind of a secondary that's really good. And then the pass rush is like, eh, and this season it's like, it seems like they're loading up on the pass rush and not really caring so much about cornerbacks. Cause like you said, Jamal Adams is going to rush half the time anyway, which is kind of going to expose the safety group. I like Quandre Diggs, but I mean, he's not the best free safety in the world. So it's kind of exposing your corners. Um, Quentin Dunbar signed with the Lions kind of surprised me a little bit, I guess, because what they did is they ended up signing uh, Randall, re-signing Randall for about the same amount that they could Quentin Dunbar, and they're moving Randall to cornerback, but it's funny because I was looking at his numbers, like with Cleveland, he's he he picks the ball off, but there's something about him that teams just don't like. For somebody who has like 16 interceptions in his career in a six year season, six year career, for a team to, for him to land on the practice squad last year and then nobody to really pick him up, that's weird, isn't it? It actually is. And what did he have? 15 snaps or something? I mean, some yeah, real minor amount of snaps and. You know, looking at the defense, you, you did, that's a good point you mentioned because they did kind of load up the secondary last year. And, you know, like, I guess, I don't know if he needed to load up, but that the way the defense started last year was just ridiculous. And then they don't, they've, over the past few years, they haven't got a lot of pressure on the QB. I mean, some of these horrible quarterbacks, um, Cole McCoy, um, <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, he's horrible. I've, I've, I'm a Colt McCoy fan. I always liked him. I liked him at Texas, but he's just—he's not—he's <laughs> not an elite quarterback, and he no. shouldn't have torched the Seahawks. I mean, now I'm still pissed about losing that game, but <laughs> they didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback last year, and so it is a priority. I think they've done a pretty good job of focusing on that. Um, and maybe that hopefully that will take some heat off of the secondary um, and keep them a little more healthy, but we'll see. Yeah, I like the, I mean, they got rid of Jaron Reed, which they let him go, which we talked about previously, but I think Kerry Hyder is more of like a Michael Bennett type. He can play inside and out on the defensive line. I think that over definitely overcomes Reed, who is really inconsistent. And then you've got Dunlap, and really, L.J. Collier wasn't bad. You've got Rasheem Green. Hopefully, he'll stay healthy. You know, he's not bad. I mean, they've, they've got talent on the defensive line. If they add Alden Smith, that's even better. And then, um, I don't know if you've if you've noticed, it seems like uh, Daryl Taylor, who, of course, didn't play at all last year, second-round draft pick for Seahawks in the 2020 draft. And it seems like maybe he just overtrained instead of being a long-term issue. And so, really, it's coming into what's basically his rookie season in 2021. But it looks like maybe they're moving him back to linebacker. And people are 
the stuff I've seen, like, oh, they're moving him back to, or they're moving him to linebacker. I'm like, well, that's what he played at UT. So it's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal to me, is it to you? No, not really. I just, I'd like to see him. I mean, because he was good at UT on a crappy team and, <laughs> you know, in a tough conference. So um, I was looking forward to him playing and then you know what happened happened but yeah you know and then robinson i mean i I think robinson deserves a few more snaps than he got last year but we'll see yeah i think that's a good point i always leave out robinson probably because the seahawks did the same thing last year it's like we'll put him in for a few (laughs) snaps and he'll have a tackle for loss or a key sack and it's like well we won't really play him i didn't really understand that what was going on there but but it seemed like when he when he played, he made an impact. Maybe I, I was just missing stuff because I only saw the plays that he was impactful on instead of maybe he had 14 plays where he was being gashed for something. It was just like, oh, then he had a sack. Oh, he's a great player, and maybe he's just not really ready. But it seemed like he was quick. seemed like he was a good player. It seems like they're, they've got a lot of depth along the defensive line. And again, Alden Smith would only add to that. Um, the linebacker group, if ter- Taylor does move back to linebacker versus where we thought he was going to be in his rookie season, quote-unquote rookie, rookie season with the Seahawks last year and didn't play, and they've already got Jordan Brooks and then Bobby Wagner, uh, John Clayton on 710 at ESPN T- Seattle today was talking about K.J. Wright. If he signs, maybe it's for a minimum contract. We all love KJ Wright. He's a good person, right? We'd love for him to come back to Seattle, but at this point, do you see him coming back? I don't know. He didn't. He he said he's not going to take a home team, home, whatever home hometown uh, discount, yeah. hometown discount. So I guess, I mean, you release him and see what happens. I don't know how that's going to work, but I don't know. I, I guess maybe that's maybe that's a little. Uh, little clue moving the rumor about moving Taylor back to linebackers kind of a little insight into what they're thinking about KJ but I'm not like KJ I think him and Wagner they're a good combo back there Wagner's more impactful I think than than KJ and hopefully I mean the way he the way Bobby Wagner plays just he plays so aggressive and so physical but he's a big dude so but how much longer can he do that you know what I mean um, and he's got a few nagging injuries here and there. Nothing really, you know, too serious so far. But God, he plays aggressive. It's just it's exciting to watch him. Yeah, I mean, this maybe it's one step where it's like KJ Wright isn't going to be back in 2020 and 2021, I should say. And then Bobby Wagner is, you know, he's so expensive that maybe he doesn't come back in 2022. And what they're this is just talking off the top of my head obviously but maybe what they're looking at in 2021 is not bringing right back because they're going to try to build some kind of cohesion moving forward after Wagner leaves maybe after 2021 and they're trying to get those young guys like Jordan Brooks maybe moving Taylor back Cody Barton whatever they're going to do at linebacker and maybe they're just going to start playing those guys a lot more because you know I mean, there's going to be a lot more cap space in 2022 than there is in 2021. But uh, Wagner just eats up so much space already along with Russell Wilson. And Wagner is still really good, but he's not as good as he was. At least he doesn't seem to be. Um, He's still great. Wagner's he's earned his money in 
he is good. I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, I'm glad it's not my decision because, <laughs> I mean, he, he's a, he's a impactful player. And, you know, I guess, I guess this year will tell a lot. I mean, if he, you know, if he snoozes or, you know, doesn't have a good year, I guess it'll probably tell. But then if he does, if he has another really good year, it's going to be a tough spot to be in. If he's a fan favorite. And so, you know, and I think a lot of people understand with some of the moves that have happened over the years that football is a business. And even though you have your favorite players and all that things, you know, teams got to do things that teams got to do to compete and, you know, stay relevant. So, yeah, just like Cliff Averill, you know, he's he's not the he was never the impactful player that Wagner is because Wagner is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But he was still a good player and the Seahawks just made a tough decision. They're not afraid to make tough decisions when it comes to money. You know, and what they think is going to help the team in the future. And, you know, when they let Bennett walk and Averill walk, um, you know, it was, uh, Averill didn't sign with another team. And he's, of course, he's still in Seattle on the radio and stuff like that. But it, it, they aren't afraid to make the tough decisions. So, one tough decision that's not tough to make is this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth. Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining the miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon. I'm getting hungry just reading this, by the way. And <laughs> black <right>. pepper <laughs> for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, we have been the leader in the superfoods market and are proud to ser have served millions of customers worldwide. We're offering up to 15% off when you use code MINUTE, MINUTE, it's M-I-N-U-T-E, at earthechofoods.com slash minute media. So I, I like dark chocolate. It sounds fantastic to me, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, speaking of something that's not dark chocolate are the Cleveland Browns because they're a lighter shade of, of brown. But Jadavian Clowney actually signed with the Browns. Are you disappointed he didn't he, – uh, Seattle didn't even seem really interested in bringing him back this for this coming season. Did that surprise you at all? Nor am I. I'm not interested in that guy. He, <laughs> he um, I don't know. He's not worth $10 million. To me, he's not worth that much money. I mean, he didn't he didn't do much in the, for the time. I mean, he played well with the Seahawks, but – you know, wasn't wasn't um, a huge factor in any game last year, and that's just a lot of money for that dude who's got some another guy who's got some nagging injuries and and um, you know he's, I mean he's a good player but I just I'd I'd rather have an Alden Smith to be honest with you if you um, um, and Dunlop or those guys before I take it to JV on Clowney. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean because. You know, Smith, if they bring him in, whenever they bring him in, if they can, it's going to be a lot less expensive than up to $10 million for Clowney. It's weird because it's like there's like Melvin, Melvin Ingram didn't have any sacks last year. Clowney didn't have any. But I mean, 
Clowney's never had 10 sacks in a season, but we saw in his one year with Seattle, you know, he can definitely pressure the quarterback and affect games even without getting sacks. But I don't know. He's just a health risk. I mean, that's, I guess that's why I only signs one year contracts at this point because the Titans were afraid to do that. And Cleveland probably is too. He might be great with Cleveland and, and make, you know, sign with another team. But at this point, he's never coming back to Seattle. I think Seattle got kind of burnt out that he didn't re sign with them. And now they're afraid of, an injury risk with the players they have. They don't really need clowning, which is good. That's a good sign, right? Yeah, I agree. I, and, you know, and the thing with Alden Smith, I was thinking about this. You know, he's had the off-the-field issues. And, you know, if Josh Gordon's still in the picture somewhere, if they get Smith in here and, you know, keep him, and then if they can get a Josh Gordon in here, that might be a good – He might Alden Smith might be a, a you know good influence on Josh Gordon. And I don't know. It's just kind of a – kind of me thinking thinking just some some weird stuff but i don't know i, li- I like both those guys i'd still love to see josh gordon in here yeah <laughs> and he's, he's the immediate answer to who your number three receiver is right he's got at yes. least two or three should have two or good three good seasons if he's actually allowed to play i mean he's just he's a beast of a receiver he's a number one or number two guy if he has his head on straight anyway. So number three is just fantastic next to Metcalf and Lockett. I'm totally with you. So were you surprised that the Seahawks, among other teams, and a growing list of teams, chose not to take part in voluntary voluntary workouts? That's the key word, voluntary, starting Monday. And it really, to me, I've seen a bunch of stuff on this. It's It's a very complicated matter that we probably don't have time to really get into too much. I've seen some people, former NFL people say, you know, it's the, the guys who are making all the money are kind of driving this bus as far as we don't feel like the NFL is really treating us all that well. So we're going to not take part in voluntary workouts, which means if the team doesn't do it, none of the players get paid for being there for voluntary workouts. But the young guys who aren't making bang for their buck, you know, they probably need to be there and the coaching staff would rather be there. So what's your feeling on Seahawks, Broncos, lots of other teams just not taking part in voluntary workouts? I'd I'd rather see them work out, but, you know, I guess they got to do what they got to do. And, you know, I think most of these guys, you know, nowadays they're, they're, they're full-time athletes you know they're working out as they is and they're staying in shape it's not a you know back in the day back when we were kids it was you know they didn't even look at a weight until uh you know until august or until training camp but but now you know they're staying in shape and doing their thing and you know i don't, I don't know if i really have much of a too much of a take on it it's just you know the, the i don't even know it's just kind of one of those things where you know, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. If they're not, they're going to not. And I don't, there doesn't need to be a big um, hullabaloo in the media about it. And, you know, people say, well, they should do this and, you know, just blow some thing out of the water. Like I kind of think that whole Russell Wilson thing, I think, um, I think that was blown out of proportion a little bit. Not totally, but I do think there was some of that that was blown out of proportion. Yeah, it was fun because I wrote about it on 12th Man Rising and wrote about everything, every aspect I could about it. But at the same time, I always thought it's just a lot of off-season talk, right? Because there's not, there's not really going to anything happen. People are just going to talk about 
Russell Wilson being traded, but there wasn't a whole lot to it. Same thing with these voluntary workouts. I mean, they're important, and the coaching staff would rather have these young guys in, but they're almost more important after the draft when you have these really new guys joining the team. Otherwise, every player who would be in the voluntary workouts was a player who has either played in the NFL for some years or was with the team already, and I don't really know how how important it is. So, I mean, but again, yeah, I've never played in the NFL, so I don't know. If most people aren't doing it, you know, it's not going to be – you know, who are they? I don't have to, are they going to have preseason games this year? Who knows? I don't. I don't really care if they do or not. But yeah, I heard. I think it was on seven ten. Also today, I think it was Grosby said he was talking about that Russell Wilson thing, and he said he talked about the media blowing things out of proportion. He said this was not one of those things that the media blew out of proportion. It was one hundred percent Russell Wilson. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, you know. Russ was on a talk show and he said some stuff and then there was some other things. And I read your article and there was some other things that went on and I'm like, you know, but, the, but, but they got to have something to talk about it and picking on the Seahawks is always fun to do, you know? So mm-hmm. let's, let's get into that and let's, let's see if we can create something. And then it just got, you know, more fuel got thrown on it. And now it's kind of like, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because Wilson's not going anywhere. Actually, he is going somewhere. He's going to be hosting a uh, special on NBC on Sunday night, a vaccine special with Sierra, a ton of other people on there. Are you going to tune in and watch it? Probably not. But I, have, you know, anything they can do to to get people out there getting that shot in the arm. I mean, it's I've, I'm I got mine back in December and January, but um, I mean, it's uh, it's a uh, Good thing to do. Get them out there. And then more publicity for the Seahawks. Yay. Do you have any? That's right. Do you have any uh, adverse effects to getting the shot, by the way? Um, the first one, my arm was sore. As like a tetanus hell. shot? Oh, it was bad, dude. It was, it really hurt. I couldn't even lay on my left side. Because you go, you go through the driving, so you get it in the left side. It's, you got to have it in your left arm. I guess you could roll around and get it in your right arm. But the second one, though. I got it about 9.30 in the morning on a Tuesday, I think it was. And about 11 o'clock that night, my arm started hurting. 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up and rolled over and woke myself up because I couldn't roll over on my left arm again. Felt really bad physically. And then woke up the next morning. And I was work- I worked from home that day and, and um, felt crappy really bad, like real flu-like symptoms until about 11 o'clock in the morning. Then I was fine. But people I've worked with, man, they've been out for two days. Now, I don't know if that's because they just didn't want to come to work for two days or <laughs> if they were actually sick. But. Yeah, that's funny. Now, I've heard the second shot. So I got my first one uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess. I only It felt like a tetanus shot and for just a day. And I got it. But I, I didn't have to. I went to a grocery store. And so I, I got to walk in. So I'm left-handed. So I got it in my right arm. No issues. But I've heard... Kind of like what you're saying. The second shot I've heard is actually worse. So I, I have that again in, uh, on a Friday, next Friday. So I I got it on a Friday because I'd, I'd heard that it, w- it could be worse. So I was, you know, it's a weekend, so I'm off. So hopefully it won't be a big deal. But yeah, you're right. Everybody should get their vaccine. So we're going to close the show, just not going into depth with this, but just as far as the draft is in two weeks from tomorrow. Um, that sounds crazy. 
But yes, yeah, so the Seahawks won't have a first round pick. Who knows what they'll do after that? They've got three picks. They'll probably end up with 12 picks somehow, and who knows how, but they will. Or they won't end up with 12. I, I think anywhere between five and eight. It definitely won't be three. But that first pick, whatever their first pick is, if it's in the second round, whenever it's in the second round, do you do you see a position of need that they just, or a couple of positions of need that they just have to choose their draft pick to fill in that? I don't know if there's one that they need to fill, but, you know, picks around there, probably an offensive lineman, I think is probably something they'd look at. I mean, you know, they've, Again, I don't want to say they've done good, but there's it's hit and miss on offensive linemen. But I I think an offensive lineman would probably be good, good to draft if you can get one of those Alabama guys. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think offensive line long term. You know, I think they're set at guard for the next three years anyway. Um, Center could be a position, and then the tackles on either end need to be filled. But it's almost like they have to wait until next year to do that when they actually have. Even next year, they won't have a first-round pick. But early, more picks next year, and maybe they can do something with that. But I'd love to see them take a cornerback. They never – I think the highest one they had was what, Shaquille Griffin. That was in the third round. He ended up being okay and since left, obviously. But if – yeah, I mean, cornerback. But I think what they've done really well with the 2021 roster is they don't have – they don't have to take anybody in this draft – to fill a gaping hole. It would be nice to get a really nice cornerback. Um, but otherwise, I mean, they're, they're as set as they're going to be with the roster. I mean, you could almost make up the roster for the players they already have and, and not have any draft picks. I mean, they're going to have draft picks, but they don't, you know, they'll, if they have five, then just filling roles of, of whatever. Every, every other position is pretty much set. I guess third receiver, that's a good good thing to be a fan base of right oh our team really needs a third receiver in this draft yeah well i know it's funny what were we talking about two months ago what the hell are we doing we don't have a team (laughs) you know it's like offense this and defense that and now here we are talking you know really the draft is kind of ancillary stuff at this point you know we don't really need anybody to fill yeah, it's kind, kind of a nice feeling. Yeah, that's how it is as Seahawks fans, right? We don't like to say it's raining on us because it doesn't really rain in Seattle, but it drizzles on us, right? So it's drizzling yeah. a lot. So it's like we're worried about it, and then John Schneider figures out a way to make the thing really good again. So, But that's it. that's our show. Tune in next week where we talk more draft. And as always, Kevin has the last two words. Go Hawks. <laughs>